This is the Today in the World podcast for Wednesday, the 23rd of December, 2020. I am your host, Uncle K, and today I'll be bringing you updates on the arrest warrant for Health Secretary Matt Hancock in the UK. The SEC officially has filed its lawsuit against Ripple for its sale of XRP tokens. Apple has unveiled plans of their new self-driving car set to be released in 2024 and updates on the Bitcoin trends and analysis as usual. Here's what you missed in today's news. So I am a little bit late to this story, but it is a developing story of really Brexit and everything that comes with it. Um, So a group of men believed to be lorry drivers were visibly irate at the sudden border closures due to the outbreak of the new, more virulent strain of COVID-19. These drivers clashed with police in Dover on Wednesday morning as tensions flared. RT reports, the reported standoff was the result of a delay in reopening the border after a deal between French and British authorities was struck overnight. It would allow thousands of stranded lorry drivers to leave the UK, providing they have a negative COVID-19 test from the last 72 hours. Violence reportedly broke out just after 8am as a small group of purported lorry drivers attempted to breach police lines. Thousands of drivers from across Europe have been stuck for days at the southern UK border and may miss Christmas with their families due to the border closures. Quote, I don't know what to do. I want to go back to my family for Christmas. They are waiting for me. Every family is waiting for their man. Close quote. One German driver told reporters. You see, the thing is with these drivers now is that they were obviously left stranded with no food or water, just left stranded in their lorries overnight with no sign of help at all. I saw on social media that ordinary civilians, you know, Sikhs, um, done this huge social media movement where they organized themselves, you know, to go out onto the border and bring some food supplies to these drivers because they weren't getting getting any help from anyone else. You know, the situation was just that bleak. So it is really no surprise that they are creating violence after being stranded like this. I mean, who wouldn't do that, you know, if they were in their shoes? My thing is now that it looks like these lorry drivers are really being used as pawns on a chessboard to cause more tensions and put more pressure on Britain to do some sort of deal, you know. Um, Then on top of that, you've got the COVID strain just to add to the tensions of the whole thing. And... It's like it's all being manipulated to really put a bad light on Britain for the for the handling of coronavirus. You know, it's getting all of this pressure um, from outside influences, um, not just on COVID-19, but on Brexit and everything else. You know, we can't trade. We can't move around freely. Even the places that we used to close our borders off to, they're closing their borders off to us. It's like the 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 the. Um, the situation has just turned, you know, the borders have now been reopened this morning. Um, that border specifically, sorry, between France um, and the rest of Europe, um, providing that lorry drivers actually test negative for COVID. But all of these shenanigans, again, look to me like they are designed to just put Britain in a bad light. I know I'm missing a lot of the key details, so I could be completely wrong about this. But just from the outside looking in, that's exactly what it looks like. It just looks like we are being manipulated to really take some harsh measures on coronavirus and to possibly break out um, in terms of a a different kind of deal um, in Europe. You know, a trade deal I'm talking about. All this pressure, it must be for something. It must be for something. But it looks strategic to me.
So you might remember last month I reported on the arrest warrant for the UK Health Secretary, Matt Hancock, which was eventually refused as the judge did not agree that Hancock's dishonesty is proven by his publicly documented failure to disclose to MPs before they voted on the coronavirus bill that COVID-19 had actually been reclassified as no longer being considered an airborne high-consequence infectious disease or that the Imperial College model had been proven to be false. The judge basically said that they need more evidence and with that, it's important to remember that they didn't just throw out the case like they have done in the past with other people bringing cases against the government. They just said that they needed more evidence. So Michael O. Bernicia, the one bringing the case forward, now says on his website blog that we are more than confident that now we have enough evidence to justify the issue of either a warrant or a summons. We are still waiting for key freedom of information responses, which are due to be received no later than today. But just to interject there, since there has been no update since yesterday, um, you know, because this article came out yesterday, I would assume that we would have to wait until New Year's to get an update, especially as we now know that the um, cabinet office in parliament does a great deal of work to prevent these freedom of information requests from actually coming out if they are sensitive or have sensitive information. So that would definitely include a case like this where the information the government will be given will actually be used against them and they're unlikely to be very helpful in doing that. They will use every tool they have available to stop that kind of information coming out. In the meantime, however, he does give a list of the allegations he says they can prove beyond reasonable doubt. One of them being, the defendants knowingly relied upon the following dishonest statements for material gain in the breach of Section 2 of the Fraud Act 2006. A. 510,000 people would perish due to SARS-CoV-2 in the UK alone if the draconian measures imposed had not been introduced. B. SARS-CoV-2 is an airborne high-consequence infectious disease worthy of being declared a worldwide pandemic as well as a public health emergency. C. SARS-CoV-2 has been isolated and purified and therefore proven to exist. D. Masks are safe and effective method of preventing the spread of SARS-CoV-2. E. The policies introduced were entirely founded on the latest scientific data available. And F. PCR tests detect the presence of SARS-CoV-2 in the human body, which a lot of us have found through various different means, including the courts in Portugal, which have also agreed that the PCR tests are you know, good for nothing, really and truly. They don't they don't prove anything. He then goes on to explain in great detail how coronavirus was removed from the high-consequence infectious disease list, but the government continued to treat it as uh, HCID and rely on these false figures that up to half a million people could die if they don't lock down the country. Now, we have to also remember that uh, there was a case similar to this that I spoke about um, a few episodes ago, maybe last month actually, um, where the business owner Simon Dolan was trying to bring court action against the government for his loss of income to his business through uh, the um, illegal lockdowns. His case was actually thrown out by the High Court and the Court of Appeal and the Supreme Court, all of which presided in the civil domain, where the courts have long since been rigged to protect the establishment from the consequences of their crimes. Nevertheless, even the civil system, even if the civil system wasn't rigged, Dolan was always destined to lose because he was hopelessly arguing that he was entitled to his lost company revenues as a human right, which was 
allegedly denied to him by the government's COVID-1984 regulations. So, in other words, he was claiming that corporate revenues are a human right when they are merely the result of successful business operations, all of which are conducted in the name of a corporate legal person, not a natural person or a human being. He makes the distinction, Michael that is, he makes the distinction between his case with Matt Hancock and the many other cases ongoing against the government right now. And he says in his words, quote, in the most simplistic terms possible, it is much harder to control the outcome of a decision made by a common law jury than it is to control a civil decision, which money almost always decides, close quote. He ends with, quote, I'm cautiously optimistic enough to guarantee that the private criminal prosecution we are running is the last remedy standing under the common law and that we will not relent in our struggle until justice is done, freedom is restored, and our children's future is secured, irrespective of the seemingly insurmountable problems we appear to face. Close quote. So just to wrap up that story, um, I think we have to remember that some of these court proceedings can last a long time, especially when you're dealing with government entities or, you know, high-ranking banking officials, that kind of stuff. When you're dealing with these high-net-worth individuals or these people in high-power positions, these things can drag out forever. Um, on his website, he did talk about how when he took the case against some bankers, that the case took nine years um, for it to, you know, come to a close, which he eventually won as well. So just to put it in context there, that we might be waiting a very, very long time to get any justice done to this government. And it looks as if if Michael um, doesn't win his case, that it, it looks, you know, like the law might not be able to protect us here, you know, which means the only other way to correct this madness going on is through riots, violence, you know, chaos. I hope that's not the case, but yeah, it's looking that way right now. Okay, so looking at the financials now, we've got Bitcoin trading at $23,556. Hasn't moved much over the last 24 hours. Ethereum is trading at $604, down 3%. XRP is down a whopping 33%, trading at 31 cents. Litecoin is trading at $105, down 4%. Bitcoin Cash is down 7%, trading at $291. Binance Coin is down 3%. Chainlink is down 7%. Cardano is down 7.76% and Polkadot is trading at $4.94 and is down 1.81%. Everything right now is looking very red apart from Bitcoin and we're going to get into why that is. So Decrypt say that Bitcoin's growing demand is resulting in a supply crisis. According to Glassnode CTO Raphael Schultz-Kraft, the total amount of Bitcoin on exchanges has fallen 20% this year. This may be the reason for Bitcoin's rapidly increasing price. In fact, less than 13% of all Bitcoin in existence is currently held on crypto exchanges and available to trade. So I would say that this is obviously the old predicament of supply and demand playing out in a very, very artistic way here, in the in a very old-fashioned way as well, because Bitcoin is um, the hardest, safest money that you can get involved in right now. You know, it's safe, it's trustworthy, it's decentralized, it's everything that money should be. And the thing is right now that all the bank, 
all the banking policies and government policies are pushing people away from the old system, the old financial system, into this new system of monetary policy, of being able to hold your own crypto and hold your own currency and trade in whatever currency you like, um, which is really, you know, hiking up demands. You know, when you couple that with the negative bonds, the negative interest rates and, you know, the high inflation and money just being worth nothing every year, it gets worth less and less. And then at the same time, you've got the Bitcoin that, has um a cap supply you know it's got the the which makes it you know quite unique in 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 in, as a crypto because other cryptos are not necessarily a cap supply in that it's it's heavy demand that it has right now is reducing the this this cap supply that is even available you know so it's like it's hardly any bitcoin anyway and then because the demand is is getting so high it means that what's left is going to be going up in price in an astronomical way, you know? It's just going to keep on going up regardless of, you know, even like the Bitcoin whales that are selling at the top. Every day I'm looking at articles that show that Bitcoin is being, you know, millions and millions of Bitcoin is being sold at the top. And to me, it kind of looks like price manipulation. Like, it looks like it could be price manipulation. I'm always um, skeptical and I'm always weary about people trying to manipulate bitcoin because it is the biggest competitor to the system that we've ever seen um and yeah it doesn't seem to be affecting it because of the huge demand and limited supply that bitcoin has so it doesn't matter what these guys do to try and you know throw you off of bitcoin it's just it just keeps going up man it just keeps going up this week a leak related to a bitcoin cold storage wallet manufacturer's customer database which was Ledger, um, which everyone has. And this is why this story is quite important. So um, this story was uh, really escalated when a hacker exposed the true severity of what's going on. The Bitcoinist reports that instead of the initial 9,000 customers Ledger claimed were affected, there were actually 270,000 individuals that had their name, address, phone number and more made public. Each passing day, the impact of the leak begins to spread and show just how scary things could get for innocent victims. In a Reddit post, one Bitcoin investor revealed that a self-proclaimed meth addict obtained their info from the leak and threatened to not only kidnap the investor, but stab to death any of his relatives found located at his residence. Damn. Crypto Briefing reports that Bitwise has liquidated its XRP position from its institutional crypto index of 10 cryptocurrencies. Three other cryptocurrency exchanges, OSL, Bixi, and Crosstower, have also halted XRP trading after SEC charges Ripple for an ongoing sale of illegal securities. Investors are hopeful of a bull run if the lawsuit gets settled with a fine similar to others in the past, for example, EOS. However, some experts have also stated that the lawsuit against Ripple is far graver. So, talking about XRP, it is now official. The SEC files a $1.3 billion lawsuit against Ripple and its executive. CoinPage reports. The SEC considers XRP, Ripple's official digital currency, an unregistered securities offering, which was sold for $1.3 billion. Yesterday, 
I said that the government departments have considered XRP a currency, so they should get off this case easily. But now, I'm sorry, but I've got to backtrack. I've got to admit I was wrong. This is not going to be so easy for Ripple to get out of because Ripple was able to raise money for the company by selling XRP tokens, something that should have been very obvious for me to see. And I didn't really think about the SEC and how they... Um, how they categorize people in terms of, how, you know, if you're supposed to be registered or not, just by merely selling a token and raising money, you are, you should be registered with them, you know? So this is what they said on CoinPage's um, Coin report. Quote, issuers seeking the benefits of a public offering, including access to retail investors, broad distribution, and a secondary trading market, must comply with the federal securities laws that require registration of offerings unless an exemption from registration applies, close quote, stated Stephanie Avakian, director of the SEC's enforcement division. So that would include Ripple and maybe some other cryptocurrencies out there. So I had to think that, you know, there this kind of poses more questions that I have for like other tokens out there. Like, the first thing that came to my mind was IOHK, Cardano, um, in their sale of ADA, because they sold those coins to raise money, didn't they? Do you know what I mean? And I've done a check today on the SEC's website, and it doesn't look like they've registered as a security. And it just so happens, like, if, have you, as you've seen just a second ago, their their um, their price of those coins has, has gone down about 7 8% over the last 24 hours from 16 cents that it was a few days ago. So it's been two days now that, that they've had consecutive losses on that coin. Um, so yeah, any other coins that you're interested in, I think it is, uh, you know, it's it's definitely worth checking if they've done what they're supposed to have done or whether, whether they're acting like a security or not. Because it's not like, you know, stocks and shares where all the work has been done for you in this crypto game, this long term investing thing, man, in crypto, like you actually have to do your own proper homework. Part of the reason why I'm doing this podcast in the first place, you know, it helps me to just do my own homework, you know, and uh, I just report on what I learn. So what I did was I posed the question to one of my Facebook groups where I've been learning about crypto and they said, um, basically, Ripple held all XRPs um, and they have been pumping and then dumping the coins, treating the currency like a stock. And, and this is what differentiated them to the rest of the cryptos as well. So unlike Bitcoin, um, because XRP is centralized, uh, XRP sells the coin and the profits go directly to them. With Bitcoin, the profits from mining are distributed globally because it's decentralized. It's, it's up to the miners. So these are one of the key things that put a bullseye on XRP's back. Um, and again, this this whole crypto world is relatively new to me, although I'm knee deep in it every day. This stuff is interesting because I, I don't have the background information to know, you know, how how, how everything's moving. But um, XRP fell by 41% after the news came out and several exchanges, as I've just reported, have either temporarily stopped trading or removed XRP completely. Um, so just to end that, I would say that whatever happens with Ripple in the future now is hard to imagine that they would come out in a positive way, regardless of what the final ruling is on the matter. And there's a lot of people that are trying to stay firm and stay strong with XRP. But the, the I don't know, man, I feel like the by the time that this is done, XRP is going to have a competitor. XRP is like, 
I think that that whole system could be um, really just copy and pasted and another company could just do what they did without that much difficulty. And the thing is, the world of investing is cruel. Once people lose confidence in an asset, it will be very difficult for that asset to gain back that confidence and raise the price back up. And if it does, it will take a very, very, very long time. And they will also have to reinvent themselves in some way. They can't just be doing the same thing that they, they would have to add something new to, 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 to their package. Um, but yeah, XRP is going to be a good case study for the future of uh, cryptocurrency to really figure out exactly where they went wrong so that the rest of the industry can work out how to not repeat those same mistakes. I found this website called CryptoRatingCouncil.com. Um, and if you go to that page, um, the assets ratings page, if you want to check um, the crypto you're investing if you want to check that, basically, if the cryptocurrency that you're investing in is rated as a security. So this this crypto rating council, they got together and basically they're, they're rating different cryptocurrencies, seeing which one has uh, is more likely to be rated by the SEC as a security. So they're basically doing the homework for us so that we don't get, um, you know, we don't we don't lose out on those gains like XRP holders have. You know, I would definitely recommend checking that list to see if the crypto that you're investing in is actually working like a security and if it is then you would need to go to the sec website and search to see if they have properly filed as a security otherwise yeah you could end up like these guys that invested in xrp and have literally come out with nothing Apple plans to create a self-driving car for 2024 with next-level battery technology. The Guardian reports, the iPhone maker's automotive efforts, known as Project Titan, have proceeded unevenly since 2014 when it first started to design its own vehicle from scratch. At one point, Apple scaled back the effort to focus on software and reassessed its goals. Doug Fields, an Apple veteran who had worked at Tesla, returned to oversee the project in 2018 and laid off 190 people from the team in 2019. And with, with Apple being a highly profitable company, they are considered to actually be the best company out there to be taking on this kind of challenge, or at least they are in a lot of people's eyes. They are, of course, very liquid and have a lot of experience in huge supply chains and, you know, getting the resources necessary for electrification and stuff like that. Quote, if there is one company on the planet that has the resources to do that, it's probably Apple. But at the same time, it's not a cell phone, close quote, said one person who worked on Project Titan. It remains unclear who would assemble an Apple-branded car, but sources say Apple may just partner with a traditional car manufacturer instead of building the thing from scratch. Apple has decided to tap outside partners for elements of the system, including LiDAR sensors, which help self-driving cars get a three-dimensional view of the road. Two people familiar with the company's plans said, making use of a technology that is already being used for the iPhone 12 Pro and iPad Pro models released this year is obviously a smart move. As for the car's battery, which is central to this grand design, Apple plans to use unique monocell design that bulks up the individual cells in the battery and frees up space inside the battery pack. One of the people said that the design means more active material can be packed inside the battery, giving the car a potentially longer range. The Apple source said that it's next level, quote, like the first time you saw the iPhone, close quote. 
But one person who seems to disagree with all of this stuff is Elon Musk. In a Reuters exclusive interview, he said that Tesla may have already implemented similar technologies in its cars already, you know, in the last Tesla model that was created. He also revealed that Tim Cook from Apple refused to sit down for a meeting with Musk where he proposed that Apple buy Tesla from him. At the time, Tesla was about one-tenth of the current price and Elon Musk was having a lot of trouble actually bringing his car to market and producing them in time for orders. I'll just be honest. Me personally, I will need some more convincing that Apple can really pull this off because, not that they can just pull this off, but that they can pull it off successfully because since Steve Jobs left the company, Apple haven't been the same and they're supposed to be at the forefront of designing innovative products that change the world. And that's the whole reason why they have these huge price margins, these, these, these ridiculous retail prices. They haven't actually done that in a while. They haven't produced anything new in a while. In fact, several other companies, including Samsung, have been more willing to take a risk and develop new products compared to Apple. Loads of companies are developing the new form factor for phones, for example, and Apple are just sitting by creating the same phone every year with a couple of basic new improvements. So all in all, I'd love to see what they can do. But at the moment, they are a company to me that looks like it's just purely profits driven. Tim Cook isn't as uh, isn't a visionary like Steve Jobs was, or even like Elon Musk is. He seems more of a numbers guy, Tim Cook, and he's interested in the bottom line only. So unless, you know, this car can show uh, great potential to, to, to bring huge profits into the company, I don't think we're actually going to see this happen. But, you know, we'll wait and see how this develops because, like I said earlier, they could just partner with a Volkswagen or a BMW or a Hyundai or Toyota to bring that car to the market and, you know, just bring out their own their own model of a new Toyota car and, you know, bring that to market instead of doing everything from scratch. But, yeah, time will tell. We'll see what happens. That marks the end of another episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please like and share. If you've got any news or anything that you would like to bring to my attention, feel free to send it over to me on Instagram or Facebook at today underscore in the underscore world. Follow that page or you can get on to me at facebook.com forward slash today in the world one. And that's the end of today's episode. I'm going to speak to you guys again tomorrow evening. Have a great evening. Peace.